Hello and welcome back to the True North Canadian Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Leach. You can follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Leach CFL. I'm Taylor Curry, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Taylor Curry SK. I'm Carter Kennington. You can follow me on Instagram at Carter Kennington and on Twitter at CJK underscore Carter. Don't forget to follow the pod socials, True North CFL Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and our Facebook page is just True North Canadian Football Podcast. You can listen to the show on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. So, without further ado, uh, this week's episode, we covered a lot of the topics in our previous episode, our preview show, such as fantasy and our power rankings. So this one's going to be a little bit shorter than normal. We're just going to cover some news, uh, some surprise cuts from preseason, and then our predictions. So let's jump into the news. Uh, as of the day of recording, TSN just dropped its top 50 players. So I thought it would be cool to go through and for all of us to give one take that we thought was a good take in terms of where someone was ranked and one bad take where we think they're kind of way off base. So I will start. I have Mike Rose of the Calgary Stampeders at 27 as being my good take. He's been very quietly productive, especially from the interior of the defensive line. Few dudes wreaking havoc like him in the pass rush. So for me, I think that's a good spot for him. And then my bad take was Zach Claros at one. Like what do you what are you doing? Like Zach is not the best player in the CFL. He just straight up isn't. But those are my those are my good and bad takes from the top fifty. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, for my good take, I got Willie Jefferson at number two. I think that's fair. I, he could be number one if Zach wasn't there, but to have him in the top two is definitely uh, what it should be. And for my bad take is Jake Weineke at number 20. Uh, just with the season he had last year and what he contributed to that team and Eugene Lewis being number 10, I don't see why he's not higher. Like he's he, The catches he made last year, and the amount of touchdowns and yardage, yeah, he should be top 10, I think, for sure. That's what I was going to ask you. Um, If, like, when you had Jake Wieneke as your bad take, I was like, does he move up or down? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely moves up. He just, he played way too good last year, and I'm not saying that he's better than Kenny Lawler or any of the other receivers, like, in front of him, but I just think that he could be way lower on that list. No, no, that's fair. Um. So for my good pick, I've got Jamarcus Hardrick, um, Winnipeg boy, the big beefy boy. Um, honestly, I think one of those uh, one of those offensive linemen of the year awards that always go to Stanley Bryant could have gone to him. And so, yep. like, you could argue that it's a bad take, but I mean, for people who treat the rest of the offensive line as being invisible sometimes for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, having Hardrick at twenty one is pretty good. Um, for my bad take. Um, I'm going to have Bo Levi Mitchell at 14. Um, just compared to some of the guys that are considered like worse than him on the rankings, like I can't see how you put Cody Fajardo below Bo Levi Mitchell with the year that both of them had. Like I know that Cody Fajardo had a down year as opposed to what he had in 2019, but come on, like it wasn't as bad as Bo Levi Mitchell's. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm with you. Like they still made it to the Western Final. Like it was, it was unbelievable. 
Um, so yeah, I think that Bolivar Mitchell, while still deserving to be in the top 50, should be like minimum in the 30s. Yeah, I think that'd I be a good spot that. for him too. Just because I was I was looking at his stats in preseason, he he looked bad against BC's B team defense. Like straight up just looked bad. So I'm kind of curious well, to see what happens with him. The fact that there's debate in Calgary whether they should throw in Jake Mir or not, you know what I mean? Like, there's never been that argument in Calgary where it was just like Bo's our guy and that's it. And now the fact that they're starting to question that, it just shows you that he's not where he used to be right now. And if he is, he's got to show us and prove it first. For sure. Mm. I, I just, in my opinion, he just hasn't been the same since his shoulder injury. Like, dude's just lost his arm pretty much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, so let's get to notable players that were cut uh, in preseason from each team. So we're going to go from west to east. Uh, so starting with BC, uh, I picked Keontae Harden. is a pretty good DB last year who is a surprise cut for me from BC. Uh, yeah, my pick for the surprise cut was Monte Crockett. I just didn't think he had a bad... Uh bad preseason there but yeah, I guess yeah it just wasn't enough to break that roster even just be some depth depth behind some of those really key stars they have out there um so for myself for BC I'm going Carlos Braun's pink hair man I mean come on I, I, just, I wanted to see him on the roster I really wanted to see him on the roster fair enough and, I mean he looked like like the CFL even before he got drafted anywhere was building him up like he could be a credible threat. So to see him not even break into the season is kind of unfortunate. Yep. Yeah. You never know with those global players, eh? Yeah. But uh, let's jump to Edmonton now. I ha Oh, we all actually have this. This one's unanimous. Jalen Tolliver uh, was the surprise cut here. He had a pretty good year last year, so I'm really not sure what Edmonton's thinking here. Yeah, that's where I'm kind of standing, too. I just, I really don't get, just like with the production he had at the end of the year and stuff, why they just were so quick to get rid of him. Like, they have good receivers there, too, I get it, but you lost Greg Ellingson, so someone's got to fill that spot. And, uh, yeah, it just, yeah, I, I don't know. just doesn't seem right. No, I get that. I mean, there's not much I can really say there. It's the exact same point. With Chris Jones, I kind of expected some more surprises, if I'm being honest, because I remember when he first came to Saskatchewan, he cut fan favorites Weston Dressler and John Check. So I was kind of expecting when he went back to Edmonton that he would cut maybe some pricey veterans, but we didn't really see that. So, yeah, this is kind of the lone surprise from the Elks. So... On to the Stampeders, I have Justin Christian, wide receiver. Uh, he had a really good preseason, so that was why, for me, he was my pick as their surprise cut. It's just the dude had a really good preseason. He's got size. Uh, again, it's just... Seems weird that dude performs and still gets cut. Yeah, well, that's that's what I'm going to say with my pick is I I don't know if I'm saying the last name right, but Chase Forcade, you know, he only threw two or four passes in the first game. And then he but he had uh, like 63 yards and a touchdown in the second game that he played and he went four for six and he even ran a bit, too. So 
I was surprised to see just with the quarterback things going on that they wouldn't keep another one there. Uh, for myself, I chose Felton Davis the third. Um, not so much based off of his play that he had in Calgary, just the fact that it was like a 1,000-yard receiver in college that didn't necessarily translate, which is always just an unfortunate investment. And so that's why I've got him there. Fair enough. So moving on to Sask. For me, I picked Jester Weath, uh, primarily because of what I saw in preseason. He was he had three catches in game one that were all all could be described as high difficulty receptions. And he made the effort and he went all out and made those plays. Whereas I look at guys like Prowl, who we ended up keeping, he missed a couple that you know, we've gotten the game before. So that's why I was kind of surprised that he was the guy cut uh, in this situation. Fair. You know, and I was like, uh, like we, we have good receivers in Saskatchewan, but I was surprised to see just another one too cut Paul McRoberts. He's been around for three or four years. They finally gave him a shot near the end of the year last year and in the playoffs a bit. And like he, he produced, he did really well. So it was really unfortunate to see him get cut by the Riders, and I really hope someone picks him up in the meantime. Yeah, talking about someone who I feel like does, is deserving of a roster spot, um, Shaq Cooper, who has kind of just gone through the ringer, but I mean, hey, with, uh, with uh, a 2021 Grey Cup ring, it's still not you know the end of the world for him, but I just felt like I'd be able to see him, while not being a starter, I, I thought I would just see him like lock into a roster. To start the season but yeah yeah i'm with like, you on that and i will say i will say i firmly believe that he will be on a team before labor day i think that's a fair <laughs> assessment yeah i think for the riders they had a they brought in a guy for running back hickson from liberty dude can flat out play so he might be an under the radar value pick if you paying attention to the depth charts and see that he's starting, I would go and pick him. But I, I can see why his play made Shaq Cooper uh, expendable. However, yeah, I think Cooper didn't really show that bad in the preseason, so I was a little bit surprised there too. Jumping to the Bombers, I had Kyle Borsa, Canadian running back. Uh, I don't have him here just because he's a Saskatchewan kid. I have him here because they're trying to go Canadian running back still. And we saw what happened in Hamilton, I believe it was last year or a few years ago, when they had all their guys get hurt. They had Sean Thomas Erlington get hurt. They had Bennett and Irons both get hurt, and they just ran out of Canadian running backs. And if you're Winnipeg, who do you have, you know, other than Augustine and Oliveira? So I thought that Borsa might be like a PR guy, but not even that, so that was a little bit surprising for me. Yeah, I mean, you basically just took the words out of my mouth. I just, yeah, I just, you know, a lot of teams have those three running backs, and I didn't think he was a bad running back, so just very surprised to see him cut, especially just, like, even if they're running two backs, they're going to need some depth just in case, so yeah, just surprised to see him get cut that quick. Yeah, for myself, um, someone who... Had a relatively quiet first game, but yeah, I had, I think, play of the game um, against Saskatchewan with a uh, 70, I want to say 71 yard touchdown. And that was uh, Wop Fillior, gets the name from eating Whoppers, which is just the best. But <laughs> um, unfortunately, not able to break the roster. 
Um, and that makes me sad, especially with a team that like I feel like if you're gonna pinpoint oh like a specific weakness on the bombers, like we don't really have like we have Rashid Bailey and Greg Ellingson, but besides that, we don't have much in yeah. terms of like explosiveness. Like Walatarski's reliable, but I don't know about explosive. Cause you guys lost uh, Adams and who was Adams it? Uh, Lawler. Lawler. Yeah. So the only one thousand receiving yard, but receiver. Last you year. also you also got Greg Ellingson in return though. Yeah, Ooh. you're replacing one of those guys, and you still have an open spot kind of deal. So that yeah, is kind of a surprise. But yeah, Borsa, it's like you could say that's my RAM bias. I just think it's the way the roster's constructed. And then no, Borsa, Borsa definitely balled when I was watching him play. Yeah, same. And then we'll jump to Hamilton real real quick here. There isn't too now there isn't anything really too too notable. So I had Nicholas Guy, um, Val offensive lineman. You know, those guys tend to be at least quality pros, so I was a little bit surprised by that cut. Uh, yeah, mine's uh, Sterling Johnson. He was, uh, he was a former NFL player, played for the Steelers. He had some decent stats there when he played. So just with Ja'Garrett Davis going to Hamilton, or sorry, to Toronto, sorry, um, I just I was surprised to see a bigger guy like he's a heavier set guy. So I was surprised to see him go because I thought he'd be a really good like interior guy for them. Yeah, I've got Joe Benz. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. Uh, he's an offensive lineman. Just again, I feel like with Hamilton needing to like I feel like Hamilton needed to shore up a little bit on the offensive line. I felt like that wasn't a great situation. I could be completely wrong, but just I don't know. I felt like they definitely needed another piece. And so the fact that they're getting rid of a couple of offensive lineman guys was shocking to me. For sure. And then Toronto, we have another unanimous one here. Um, Adrian Tracy, well-regarded veteran in the CFL, was the surprise cut there, at least, uh, again, for all of us. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, he took, I looked up his stats. He took off the 2019 season or the last season we played. Or the last season, sorry. So, like, I kind of get it, but he's still, like, he was a good depth guy. And, you know, they were just signing guys late, left, right, and center and big names in the CFL. So, just surprised to see them cut one like that without even getting a week one. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to add. It's crazy to me. For sure. And then I jump into Ottawa here. For them, I had, there's a couple here, but I had BJ Cunningham because... I know they brought in a ton of receiving talent, but when he was healthy, he was like the picture of consistency. So for me, I was just surprised that Ottawa of all teams would cut a guy like that. Oh, fair. Uh, yeah, and I was, I was surprised with mine too with Tremaine Washington. The guy had 55 tackles last year, five interceptions, and a, like a touchdown and a forced fumble, and they cut him. And it's it's Ottawa, so I just I'm re really surprised to see a productive player get cut like that so quick. Yeah, right. It's not like Ottawa is the uh, is the shining home of productivity. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> which which yeah, it blows my mind. I'm agreeing with the with the BJ Cunningham selection, and yeah, just seeing a player of that caliber that's been around for a while get cut, not even making it to the season to see what he can do is just like yeah, and your team is like. Like you're in a CFL rebuild, you take any scrap of talent you can get. Okay, from from a bomber guy, a couple of years ago we were in that situation. You just get who you can get, 
And so the fact that they're letting go of VJ Cunningham is rough. For sure. And then last team, Montreal. So for me, there was an obvious pick here, but I did want to go with someone else who I thought had a really good preseason. And not just because he follows the podcast, uh, Fabian Guerrera. I thought he was productive in the preseason. He's kind of been around Montreal for a little bit now. And for me, at least, he was kind of a surprise cut. Oh, that's fair. Mine's, uh, yeah, it's Quan Bray. I, I couldn't believe that when I read that. Like, I get they have some good receivers there, but, like, yeah, I just, I don't get it. The guy had six touchdowns in 15 games in 2019, and then he only had two in twenty twelve or in 12 games last year, but still productive, 480 yards. That's, a, like, a good guy. He averaged 13 yards a catch. Like, yeah, he was he was good with his hands, so I was really surprised to see him get cut there. Yeah, no. I mean, we were. I remember talking about Quan Bray last season, like just about like how good he was for fantasy, you know, good he was performing, and all of that. And so, just the fact now that he just got cut, and not like like it blows my mind because I understand like roster cuts are a thing, but like think about the trade value that you could have gotten for Quan Bray. Yeah, you probably mm-hmm. could have gotten a pick for him or something. Like, and you could have gotten a decent pick too. I'm not talking about like a sixth round. I'm talking like a second or third. Like, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. For sure, and for all these guys, absolutely we wish them the best and hope they find a new home sooner rather than later. So, let's jump into our predictions for week one. For me, I have Montreal beating Calgary uh, for the first game on Thursday. I have Winnipeg beating Ottawa in the following game. Saskatchewan beating Hamilton. And I have Edmonton beating BC. Nice. Well, we're we're agreeing to disagree at the start of the year so far because I got Calgary beating Montreal, and then I have uh, Winnipeg beating Ottawa, Saskatchewan beating Hamilton. But I'm picking BC as well. That's uh, you know, a late night game in BC, and uh, it's they sold so many tickets. They're talking about opening the top of the stadium to like get more fans in there. So like, hey, things are looking good in BC right now. So I'm going their way. Yeah, for myself, I'm going Montreal, then Winnipeg and Saskatchewan. I feel like all of us are going Prairie side. Yep. And I, yeah, I, I like how BC is looking, and I'm really excited for them this year. Um, Well, excited may be a bit strong, but like I think they're going to definitely improve from last year. For sure. And then our final segment, Off the Pod Activities. So for me, I went and saw Top Gun Maverick uh, last weekend. If you haven't seen that or the original Top Gun, I highly recommend both movies were pretty good. And the soundtrack for both is excellent as well. So again, highly recommend the movies if you haven't seen them. So well, yeah, I'm gonna have to see Top Gun Maverick soon. But uh mine are uh Stranger Things Volume Four or Season Four, Volume One. Uh it was amazing. Uh yeah, I can't put it into words how good that season was. Really excited for the two final episodes on july 1st it's going to total over three and a half hours so it's going to be really good and uh obi-wan kenobi we've been running i think what for three weeks now with that show and it's just been phenomenal like every episode's been amazing and the depth that they're going into and stuff it's just great so yeah really loving those shows nice dude i'm i'm super pumped um fairly recently um just at the beginning of the month actually I have gotten into a new apartment, 
Um, I was very unhappy with my living arrangement before, and now I am in a new one. And it's funny because I never thought I would want to be in an apartment, but like this is a really nice one, so I'm super pumped for that. So I'm still in the moving process, but like I'm sleeping here like full time. Um, nice. and then my roommate's got a PS5, and he's letting me use that whenever he's not home. And nice. I work, I work the five to one shift, and he works ten to six. So oh, perfect, sweet. I got a lot of time if I want to use it that way. It's awesome. So I believe that covers everything. Again, if you're wondering why there's no fantasy segment or power rankings, we did those last week in our preview show for this season. So if you want those, please feel free to check that out. And if you made it to the end, thank you very much for listening. Once again, you can follow the pod on Twitter and Instagram at TrueNorthCFPod or True North Canadian Football Podcast on Facebook. You can listen to the show once again. Just search True North Canadian Football Podcast on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. I have been your host, Jimmy Leach. This is the True North Canadian Football Podcast signing off.